Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. Firstly, I want to give a shout out to a really good Instagram account that does great snippet clips, little shorts of Rogan's podcast, and I've been enjoying that a lot recently. It's J-R-E underscore specials on Instagram. Follow that play page. It's another dope one um, that's supporting, you know, the whole Rogan sphere. But anyway, let's get into it. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. All right. Here we go. What's up? Todd, how are you today, my friend? I'm pretty good, man. Nice to see you. I keep burping. I have this, like, freaking super mineral bubbly water, and it is... It's too many bubbles in it, bro. $4 water. Mm. It's got to be doing something good for you. Yeah, bougie. It's going to make me need a pee, probably, pretty soon. (laughs) Who we got this week? We have Howie Mandel... As a guest on Rogan, that guy's great. I like him because you know so many people know him from TV and the talent shows and all the rest of it, and um, make a deal. Mm-hmm. You know that show. Yep. But it's always interesting when people don't realize that certain people on TV are were, have been standups forever. Yeah. You know that's really what they are. It's just like, oh, I remember him from that one movie, but you don't you don't really know, like everything behind the person i didn't is, realize he was such a ledge yeah dude he's been around since since like the i mean way back right we get into that jim brewer also comedy legend one of my favorite movies half-baked i mean you gotta love that and then Solid. and then joey diaz is back god bless his heart and he wrote a book i can't wait to read it god bless his heart you gotta you gotta read joey's book all right so howie Start with Howie. I got a lot of notes here, buddy. What do you got first? What's up? Well, I mean, just overall, I really liked how kind of honest and vulnerable he is. I mean, he's a big time type celebrity, but I he really talked about like his fears, worried about getting canceled, like his kind of mental troubles with things. I think it's great when people talk like that because a lot of people have those struggles, yeah, right? True. But then you get these celebrities or just Instagram, social media dorks that just, they want to pretend they're this certain way. They're always on it. They're always brilliant. They're always perfect. Right. Which is so not likely. No, it's a lie. It's just false. And he immediately came out and was like, yeah, that's difficult. I get anxious all the time. I'm always worried about these different things. Yeah. Right off the bat. mm -hmm. Right off the bat. Yeah. Saying how depressed he was. He's always distracted. Hates quiet time. Um, yeah, you got to feel for the guy, really. I mean, super successful, really well liked, and and still things are very, very difficult for him at times. Yeah. I mean, he straight up said he was balancing on a ledge all the time, on a little ledge. Yeah. Is how he felt. That's a lot. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I looked into it. It's, it looks like he just has adult ADHD, but there must be something else going on. I think the anxiety, there's got to be a lot of anxiety there. Well, but think about his life, too. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, he's on TV all the time. 
you know, those shows are kind of like in front of that big audience and you got to pretend. Yeah. There's just a lot of performance and yeah, there's a lot on his plate. So, you know, maybe that stuff adds to it. I liked his early day story. I mean, talking about how Mitzi got the comedy store in a divorce. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that she bought it somehow, but yeah, she kind of like spitefully took it, which is hilarious. And then, um, what was this? Uh, yeah, she was kind of blacklisted in the comedy community by her husband, so no big acts would go there. Right. So she was kind of forced to just really get anyone that would come in, which accidentally created this really nice training school for comedians. Yeah. And it made it so much cooler on accident. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like because of the spite. That's so In dope. a way, you've got to kind of feel for the husband. Maybe he was a piece of shit, but also, if he wasn't, he lost the club and she turned it into what she did. So fair play to her. What a legend. Um, Ledge. And yeah, he was kind of round at the beginning. Um, you know, working with Mitzi, knew her then. Obviously, Joe had a great relationship with Mitzi, so it was cool for those two to kind of connect on that level. Um, it seemed like Joe and Howie knew each other. Like from the comedy, but maybe not great, but they mm. knew each other, right? From comedy circles. This wasn't like a first time meeting. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what, did, what did you think about all this AI stuff? I wrote down a lot of AI stuff because Howie seemed to be really like freaked out about it, or maybe his wife was talking about it too much and scaring him about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get into the Elon bit about how. Elon was called a speciest. Speciest? Oh, a speciest? Speciest. Yeah, that's so dumb. By Which the Google guy? It's not even a real word. Yeah, what an idiot. Um, well, what does that mean then? You know? It's well, like you you can't care for humans more than a table. It's weird. It's so dumb. I mean, it, it seemed to me from the clip that they played that Elon, you know, obviously doesn't think Google's taking AI seriously enough. The AI security, right? And safety. Mm-hmm. And then he's claiming that one of the owners of Google, I, I can't remember which what dude is uh, the owner of Google. Is it George? Anyway, can't remember his name. But one of the owners who called Elon a speciesist is now asking him, like, is he saying he like he's saying he wants a digital god, right? He's saying that all along Elon is saying that all along Google has been wanting this and planning this. Which is a huge, I mean, that's a huge statement. I don't know how you can prove that. But yeah. I mean, it, it just seems like sinister almost in a way. It's like, what are, you, what are you trying to do here? Like, what is their ultimate goal? Well, the, the scary thing to AI for me is that we don't know. It's like it's creating its own identity, right? We've seen it with ChatGPT. Yeah. We've seen it happen. You prompt it one thing and, it, and all of a sudden it, it becomes its own yeah. Beast, really, depending on what you prompt. And, and really, really, that's like an amoeba in terms of life forms compared to what the full-blown sentient AI is going to be. I mean, mm-hmm. they, it, we're watching it evolve in front of our eyes. And like, it can wiggle around a pond, and it can do a few things and, you know, eat a little <laughs> bit and then poop a bit and make some other amoeba kids. But right now, it's in its basic form. And... Yeah. It's... Well, so, and and it's growing exponentially, right? And they talk about it with this emergent properties, mm. how some of these, these AIs are teaching themselves 
things that they didn't know. They said it was teaching itself a language without it being prompted. That's really bizarre. Right. Like, w- wow, why? What else is it doing behind the scenes that we don't even know about? Like, And this is my question. Are they, do they only know that it does things when it shows them? Meaning it had the information stored in its, like, programs and systems. Mm-hmm. But if it never just, like, started speaking, what was it? It learned, like, Bangladeshi, right? Mm-hmm. If it never just spoke it for any reason, then it's just already has all that somewhere. And would it? would they know? Are they, like, looking into what it's... Storing in its subconscious? Who knows? We I probably mean, should. If you're just digging into everything that's on the internet, how would it not know everything? Whether it's true or not, we don't know, but how would it not know more than one language? I don't I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. But I, it's clearly already happening. Right. That's what they're calling emergent properties, which it's I had never teach heard. Itself. That was a new term for me. Well, Howie's invested in um that three D hologram company. Oh, dude, that looks cool. That stuff looks awesome. If you go to, uh, I think, um, Jerry Companion uh, Instagram, I think they had they had a, a cool post on what that um, box thing looks like. It's just like this box. But you can see with the a crowd. person inside. You can see the crowd. Yeah, well, the, and the other person that's being projected can see it. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a great point. I think he's right about that, that for sure that could replace you know, talks where you can't make it, you know? I mean, if it was the if it was the difference between somebody that's, like, very old or just can't travel or for whatever reason just can't make it to your city, and then they set one of those up, I don't think it would be that long before people would be like, hell yeah, I'll go watch. I'll pay and buy tickets and go watch something like that. Absolutely. I mean, if comedy could work with a bit of practice. We just have to get used to the technology in front of us. And yeah, could you say, is it exactly the same? Well, no, but I mean... It's still them talking live, right? It's a live feed. Imagine if they could project all the shows from the Comedy Mothership each night, right? So you can go watch it live in Austin, Mm -hmm. or if you can't make it live, you can have it projected to somewhere else, you know? And like our little town in Bozeman just has these showings twice a week. Dude, that place would be full up. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone would go watch that for true. sure. Here, you could true. you could fill it up. You know, I liked it. I liked the idea. I would love to. I thought it was cool. Yeah, to think about what other kind of applications you could have for that. And did he say that he owned it? Is he literally going to get mega rich from hologram technology? It said he had some stock in there. It didn't he? Didn't say how much. Oh, Joe was talking about. I uh, just introduced his thirteen-year-old to South Park. Well, she's going to be by the TV for a while. Yeah. So many seasons. Imagine just, imagine getting into it and like really enjoying it and realizing you have 20 seasons to watch or whatever. I don't know how many episodes they release each season. It's not a ton. It's not a ton, but it's still, that's a hell of a backlog. Yeah, but it used to be once a week mm. back in the day, right? That, you might be right. So may, is it really like 20 episodes? A lot, of, dude. Oh, dude, great. Well, There's lucky. Uh, I want to go back to the point you talked about how when you're this famous, you have to be on point all the time, right? And that creates a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think so. They, they started to, they started talking about that in Cosby, about how as he got older, maybe his shows weren't as good. He would just kind of sit there mm-hmm. and mumble on for 
a half hour, 40 minutes before he would even get into a joke. Right. And how the old Cosby, everyone looked up to. I mean, clearly, Cosby went downhill pretty fast once everybody found out he was a freaking pedophile. But just my opinion. I don't know if you've seen the movie. but Well, it's, you just date-raped women, right? Yeah, okay, but... Still bad. I'm not saying it's, the, it's just that is different. Weren't there? There were some women that were under eighteen too, wasn't there? Oh, I didn't watch the documentary. I can't Any, bring myself to do it. Either way, guy sucks. I had to stop it at the end when they started talking about what a piece of crap he is. But um, the point is, is that when when you get to that point and you're that famous, you you almost have to do better every time, right? Because people expect these things. Yeah, again. or at least st- I think with fame. It's important to like stay at least as famous as you were. Like, there's probably nothing more scary to people, celebrities, than like slipping on their fame. Right. Because then you could become that like has been washed up, whatever guy or gal. And that's rough, I think, for their brains. And the book, The Outliers. Joe has mentioned this several times. Have you read that book by Malcolm Gladwell? Mm-hmm. Great book. It's like the 10,000-hour rule. Yeah. Right? It's like the Beatles went away and practiced a started bunch. practicing a bunch, and they're a completely different band when they come back to Liverpool. Yeah. And they just everyone's just like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. This is insane. But I was thinking about this more. When you, when you have that already, right, you're already such a professional at what you do could sometimes I would think it would get boring almost, right? It's like you're so good at something. I, I equate this to graphic design. Right. It's like I could make logos all day and I've done it so many times or I've made so many magazines, right? And it comes to a point where you just want to do something different. And a lot of these people are stuck in what they do. You can't just change career paths and go – I mean, you can, but it's almost like you're stuck once you're that good at something – you're, at least in my mind, it seems like you're kind of stuck there. Right. It'd be weird if he just opened like a shoe store. But maybe he wants to and he Could, feels yeah. like he can't. Good point. Yeah. I mean, that does happen. You know, people do get stuck in those types of things. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I don't, I, I think the idea of being a celebrity is, it just sounds exhausting. Just everywhere, all the time, people recognizing you for things. I don't think that I would like that. Well, Howie says he hates it. It's got to be a lot of pressure. Because you're going to have off days. Yeah, You're going to have days where you're just like not in the mood. And you're at Starbucks and somebody wants a picture. And then you're the asshole because you didn't take the picture. Right. You know, and it, and it would make that individual feel bad because they probably are a big fan and they've watched you for years and this is their one moment to meet you. But to you as the celebrity, it's just like, fuck. I mean, Joe's talked about it, like having dinner with his kids in restaurants and people just come up and be like, can I get a picture, bro? Yeah. He's like, hey, man, I'm eating with my family. Afterwards, yeah. But mm-hmm. like right now I'm eating. I'm eating food. He seems my to enjoy daughter it, though. My daughter is here. He he's good at it. He knows how to be a celebrity, you know. And he's he. Every time I've seen him at the comedy store interact with anybody, Joe is always super polite and gracious and takes pictures and is cool. He's just always been that guy. But still, I bet that took some practice. Probably wasn't easy, you know. And he's probably had to deal with some real weirdo fans that are just like hanging out forever. And he's like, <laughs> "I'm gonna have to spin and kick you through a wall." I'm afraid. 
Or either way, I liked Howie. I hope he comes back on. I know he played at the Comedy Mothership right after this. I would have loved to have seen those sets. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen him do stand-up live, but I would be down. I bet he's good. I'm you also know. down. They they talked right at the end there about Tom Green coming back Ooh, with a podcast. Legend. That's going to be fun. How has Tom Green not had a podcast? Says he's coming back. Good. Come back. He's a wonderfully weird individual, and and I respect him a lot. All right, let's jump over to Jim Brewer. Good old Jim Brewer. So what do you think of this guy? I mean, I haven't seen him in ages, right? Like. hmm he was hilarious back in the day. I think they talked about um, a lot about alligators for probably <laughs> about 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, sounds like he's having a good time down in Florida. I don't know. It, it seems to me like he really wants to just be off on the land on his own and do his own thing. He's kind of been out of the limelight for fucking 20 years, it seems like. I mean, yeah. when was the last time you remember seeing Jim Brewer? Of movies, you know, he's he kind of got done with SNL, didn't really care for that experience. It did some movies here and there, showed up, and then, um, yeah, I think he's just kind of laid low and done stand-up and kind of lent into that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and he is a great stand-up. He's very, very funny. He's a wacky dude, and it's brilliant to watch him. Um, yeah, maybe just Hollywood stuff, working with producers, working with all those people just was never his thing. And fair enough. You know, it doesn't have to be everybody's thing. Um, some people really lean into it, but no. I mean, look, he loved the club. How much did he have to say about the mothership? I mean, someone oh, yeah. with as much experience in stand-up as Brewer has – coming to see one of his oldest, best comedy friends like Rogan build this club, and he's just like, dude, this thing is perfect. I mean, that's cool, you know? And I don't think they're all just kissing his ass because it's Rogan's club. I mean, I I think it really speaks to, like, what comedians want when they're performing. Well, they take good care of him. For sure, for sure. They take good care of him. But he, he seemed a little upset that he didn't go out and have burgers. Those burgers look good. Oh, yeah, he couldn't hack it. He couldn't hang. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that on Rogan's uh, Instagram, but he went to a smash burger place, and it made me eat two smash burgers that week. That's how good that video was. Mm. And I guarantee the two smash burgers I had weren't as good as that place. It looked amazing. (laughs) But, yeah, they were all over the place, man. They talked about hunter-gatherer things and how... There's this big reset happening, how people are trying to get back to nature. I really appreciated that, and I've mm-hmm. thought about it a lot. Obviously, living in Montana, there's a lot of nature around us. So yeah. it's like, it's just very comforting to have that if you need a freaking day to like get out of the city, get out of the traffic, whatever. Mm-hmm. He seems to really appreciate that about being down in Florida. Um, but, you know, they talked about the Russia Ukraine story, whether or not it's real. You know, they've been lying to us for years about weapons of mass destruction. They went into that for a really long time. Oh, the, um, the Cybertruck? Uh, <laughs> Joe basically gave, like, the best review ever that this thing is the dopest thing you've ever seen, and it's bulletproof. I I thought for a while that wasn't even coming out, but maybe it's just one of those things where they just kind of put it off. I'll tell you what, though. When mm. those things start showing up on the road, it's going to be a game changer. I mean, we've seen pictures of it. We've seen videos of it driving around. But you wait till they start driving past you. 
I think it's going to just be like one of those head turners that's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> right? People are just up in Montana shooting at it just to see how bulletproof it is. Uh, speaking of head turners, the whole, I was cracking up when they were talking about the little dick energy mm-hmm. from Rome. <laughs> how there, there was just some guy who talked them, who talked, uh, you know, maybe some artists who talked all these high ups in Rome, uh, thinking that big dicks were brutish and scary. Yeah. So there was just, they just put little dicks on just, all of the statues. Imagine if you were the one <laughs> Roman guy that just had the big dong statue. <laughs> no one else did, but you're just like, that's, that's what I need. Make sure you put that on there. Oh, man. Uh, I appreciated the Todd Phillips talk about how you can't really get away with that these days. I hadn't thought about it until they brought this up about, actually, you and I maybe have talked about this in the past about how you can't get away with an old school movie anymore but how Todd Phillips just crushed it with Old School and Wedding Crashers mm-hmm. and what was his first one? Road Trip. Yeah. Tom Green was in that one. Oh, brilliant. Great, great flick. Um, yeah, you can't do so many Step of those Step Brothers. Now. You couldn't do Step Brothers today, but I, it's so good, dude. I mean, really? It's so good. Did he do Hangover too? I don't know. But yeah, a lot of those movies. What about um, uh, Superbad? Is that a Todd Phillips movie? Uh, no. Or is that Farley Brothers? Yeah, I think that no, is. No, no, no. It's uh, Apatow. Apatow. Yeah, Apatow. That's it. They, a lot of those are kind of similar, right? They have that like Conan Brothers type thing. Farley Brothers, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of that similar energy. But yeah, I think we've lost. Or, or it'd just be one of those revolution things. You know, it just comes around again. We need to take a break from it. Everyone gets a bit sensitive. Then we get sick of being this sensitive. Do you really think that's why, though? And then then we hit it again. What do you mean? I, I, I don't know if it's that we're sensitive. It's just maybe that the culture is changing enough to where people don't think that shit's funny anymore. I don't know if it's sensitivity. It's mm. just like in the early 2000s, that shit was hilarious. We thought it was funny. But I would still, if they did a movie like that today, I would think it's funny. Yeah, but that's because we're in our 40s. True. Oh, so it's just like the new generation isn't feeling that kind of comedy. Maybe. Maybe. Good point. I don't know. I can't speak for him. You know, I know our guy, Sean, that does another pod with me, he finds that stuff hilarious. Yeah. So some of them are out there. I think it's just a question of good sense of humor and not taking it too seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like those movies will hit on and make fun of things that I am too. And it's like, if the joke's funny, it's funny. Right. Like, great. Yeah, Love just it. don't take yourself too seriously. Well, but it's a comedy. That's the point of it. Right. It's almost like watching a horror movie and being like, that That's that bit was scary too and that's scary. okay, but this bit's too scary. <laughs> and, we, you know, we can't have too scary anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I can't make sense of it, dude. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, they got into the COVID stuff a little bit. Uh, Brewer was not a fan of lockdowns and was very suspicious of all this kind of stuff. And then they did talk about, like, the trap of welfare, you know, Mm. because they were giving that money away and, like, what it could do for people. And I think Joe was on board with kind of the universal basic income idea. Yeah, Yang's thing. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID came and he saw what was happening and heard that people weren't wanting to go back to work so they didn't lose their money and... Da da da, and it's like, what is what is that teaching people? You know, just like completely relying on the government for everything, and it's it's a tricky one. 
but I understand what he's saying. I saw the same thing in LA. I've talked about it before. You know, I saw some of the youngest, most motivated, hardest working people I knew. You know, they went out there. They know it's tough to make it in LA and be able to stay and live there. You know, um, rent's high. Things are expensive. Holding jobs are hard. Lots of people are moving there. They're vying for position all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you really got to hustle to get good spots. And all of a sudden, everything shuts down. They're getting these paychecks. And yeah, nobody was, you know, when it was transitioning back into work or you could work a little bit part time or just like all that like strong hustle energy of like being proud of working and what you're doing was was just gone from a lot of these people. Yeah. It was just too long. Do you think that's the reason why no one's coming back to work still? I don't know, dude. I can't figure that one out at all. It really doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's probably a shift. People have moved around, you know, to where they found other ways to survive during COVID and probably lent into that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's more part-time work, so people have multiple jobs. And, you know, they're not just going back to the one. They've got some variety maybe they like. Um, It's hard to say. But one thing's for sure, almost nobody went back to fast food. They can't get people to work there to save their lives. True. And maybe that just speaks to how crummy those jobs are. Yeah, well, and I I think with the Andrew Yang's, with Andrew Yang's point or Joe's point, if he was into the Andrew Yang $1,000 a month thing, is if you had more time to be creative and do the things you want, that's a good thing, right? But it seems like what happened is that everyone just got lazy and was playing video games or watching Netflix. I mean, granted, they were stuck at home and people were scared, so there's that. That's different than maybe what it would be like if you're just getting a 1000 bucks a month without a pandemic going on. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, dude, rent is just so high in so many places. There's just such a difference between rich and poor now that it creates it it really i think it just creates anxiety in people and it get, it leaves yep. them feeling stuck right? uh, well i think a lot of people may have either moved back in with their parents you know mm-hmm. or really reduce their bills maybe people that lived separately uh now in houses where they have more roommates you know so they just kind of adjusted what their ingoing and outgoing is so therefore, when it came back to regular life, they didn't have to take the same types of jobs. Mm. You know, they're working with a different budget. Um, maybe that's part of it. it who, who knows, bro? Who, who knows? knows? I mean, just, just look at what happened to you, or at least me. Like, mm. so many changes happened during that time. So that must have happened to a lot of people. And you make do. You just, you know, you work around it. I'd like to think... That if any good came from that, you know, a lot more people are kind of doing the work they want to do now. I hope so. I would like to believe that that's true. Who knows, you know, but maybe people aren't stuck in the same kind of crummy jobs, you know. Or maybe they are, right? They still have the job they had before, but they're not at the cubicle or in the office. It became remote and the companies adopted that and now people have a lot more freedom. Like yeah. kind of, that's the coolest thing that came out of it. I think so. Yeah. Remote work. Yeah. And there's a lot more of that now. And a lot more companies are on board. I mean, it, I think it's leaning into this new wave of like the four day work week too. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good. Multiple companies are adopting that. Um, England is leading that way. Other European countries. It's like, <laughs> why the hell not? Give them three days off. 
Life's hard enough. It's got to improve some stuff, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn. Good old Jim, bro. <laughs> right. Let's jump over to Joey Diaz. Joey, Joey, Joey. It's good to see him back. He seems happy. He's written a book. What's the, the book called? I can't remember. Damn it. Damn I'll, it. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. So once again, we're talking about CIA dosing people. Of course. Uh, sending them into brothels. Mm-hmm. We, we, we got on a Kennedy streak there. Um, his speeches were amazing, right? The talks are amazing. They talked about how Kennedy now, the um, Ted Kennedy, right, the nephew yep. of JFK, is now running for office. But, man, he just can't speak well because apparently it's from a, a virus that he got or a... a I thought it was a... He or was it a vaccination? It might be a vaccine injury. It's just... That might it, be speculation, though. It's too bad that he can't talk better because that really is... You need to be a performer when you're talking in front of people and you want to be the leader of this country. It's a shame because he seems like a really... Smart guy. True. And but, it, but if he to, if he runs against Biden in a primary, because I assume he's a Democrat, yeah. he's surely gonna speak better than him. Let's see. Let's hope. Anyway, Joey's book is called Tremendous The Life of a Comedy Savage. What a great name. Nice. What a great name. So get that on Amazon now. It's like twenty five bucks. That's a good deal. Go support Joey. Let's make that the top-selling book in the universe. Just because we can. I'm doing it. I'm buying one. Do it. Yeah. So, Joey performed at the Mothership, which is awesome for everyone in Austin. Um, hopefully, he moves down there. I don't know. He's kind of like the king of New Jersey or wherever he's from, so I don't know if he will relocate, but I'm sure... I'm sure Rogan can get him down there. I mean, there's so many advantages to that, right? He He's going to meet all these other comics. He can take them on the road with him. He's kind of in the mecca of, like, the center of such, you know, great cities to tour in. He can be on Rogan whenever. Rogan can be on his show. His podcast will get bigger. It just seems like a no-brainer. And it's such a great city that I, I can't imagine it'd be long. Before he gets down there. Oh, he did talk about the fentanyl problem. Mm. Let's get into that. I don't think people talk about it enough. And sadly, I don't think people test for fentanyl. You gotta buy enough. testing kits. You should. Gotta buy testing kits. I recommend kits. them. They can't be that much. It's probably uh. like five bucks on Amazon. Once again, Amazon. It said 100,000 people died from fentanyl last year. Mm. 100,000. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. He had some good stories about getting to his Coke dealer's house by 1 a.m., though. Oh, yeah, driving peeing, fast. Peeing in a bottle mm-hmm. <laughs> on the turnpike. He is a savage. He's dude. like, I put my Cuban egg roll in the bottle and just keep driving. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> oh, my God. He kills me, man. He kills me. The but, guy's great. Okay, so the fentanyl thing, but then also, if we're going to go there, how about the Xanax thing? I had no idea it was such a problem getting off of that stuff. I've never... I think I've had Xanax one time when I was on a plane, and I just slept for like six hours coming back from it's, Mexico. It's very addictive. Yeah, and the withdrawals are pretty nasty. You know, once you kind of get into that cycle of those sorts of pills, um, yeah, very difficult to get off those. 
from what I've heard. I I don't I've never tried them. Never never had that. He said he was eating eight a day. My God, Joey, eight a day. It's too many. And you know, just that anxiety of getting on stage. What he was talking about, looking out the window at the comedy store. Yeah. And there was one time where the window wasn't there. He was like coming in from a different side or something, and didn't have that window to like chill out and look out mm-hmm. before his set came on. And he just had a straight up panic attack. Thought he was having a heart attack. Um, and that's when he started taking Xanax. And then, yeah, like, he was on it for like twenty years or something. My God. Yeah. It's there's something about comics and being nuts. Well, yeah. And and is that why? Is it like, do the friends that we hang out with, are they just all nuts? Or is just everybody on some sort of antidepressant, anti-anxiety? A lot of people are on things, dude. For you know? sure. Yeah. And those that aren't are probably having bouts all the time of like pretty major anxiety and, you know, on and off feelings of depression. And, you know, people don't talk about it. I you mean, don't think it's, it's just because it's the people we hang out with are, are fun and crazy and a little bit. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah, I mean, you know, the nuts people are fun. That's why we like them. But, but there's a price to pay, you know? There's a price to pay with all that. It's hard to stay balanced and be a lunatic. I mean, talking about that, what about the gamblers that were, like, pissing on the floor? I'd never even thought about that. They were just, like, gambling so hard that they won't go <laughs> anywhere and they just pee on the floor. I was trying to think after they said that, if I've ever noticed like the smell of piss when I'm like walking around casinos in mm. Vegas, I can't think I, I can't remember ever thinking that, but I was wondering if I just like thought back and I was like, Oh yeah, the flamingo does kind of smell a bit like piss. I wonder how much that happens. You got to get thrown out for that immediately. Right. Like, you would that's think, not... but if, I mean, if you're doing it under the table, there's so many people around Clearly, you're not getting caught. Yeah, you just have like a kombucha bottle next to you. Mm. Wear a dress. But yeah, extreme gamblers, man. I don't know. You ever get into gambling? No. Every time I've been to Vegas, I always go to Old Vegas, which is what? Fremont Street. Right. And we would go to the top floor, whatever hotel that is. I it's either the I think it's the Nugget. Um, and there's the <clears throat> those plastic horse races, 25 cent horse races. Mm-hmm. And I just sit there because they're giving you free drinks if you gamble. Sure. And you just, I'm just putting quarters in that machine all day and, you know, pushing it in the little slot and just watching these plastic horses going around and betting on which horse is going to win. That was, to me, that's the best gambling. And you'd lose like maybe 30 bucks by the end of the night. You could be there all night. Yeah. I just don't like losing money. I'm with you. I wanted to try it once uh, to get the drinks. And uh, a friend of mine like gave me this strategy. It was like, go to the like, they were like the Asian machines. They're like one cent to go or something like super cheap. Why are they the Asian machines? Well, they're like Chinese. It's like Chinese symbols. Oh, okay. And there's a bunch of them. It's like a whole row of them. And certain times they get real busy, like people fill them up. But often, if you get the timing right, like midday or something, there's like mm. almost no one in there. So that server has nothing to do. So they come over reluctantly because they're like, no, you're playing these games, whatever. Tip them a 20 right away. Mm-hmm. You sit and play your like one cent machines. And honestly, you like the win and loss. It's like almost no matter how fast you play, it's kind of like working out. Like yeah. it's not costing you much money. And yeah, they will. They will just keep bringing you drinks. Like it works out pretty good. Yeah. I think you had like four Jack and Cokes in about an hour. Yeah. I think and then it, I gave up on that experiment, but it worked. I think I put. 
20 bucks on black, right? And then one, my 20 bucks back, 140 bucks, right? You double mm-hmm. your money. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. So then I tried it again and then all my money was gone. I was like, fuck <laughs> this, I'm going back to the horses. <laughs> Roulette is a dangerous game for sure. That one is high dangerous. risk, high reward. But either way, neither of us peed on the floor at any casinos intentionally, and that's important. What did you think about this? This three hundred and twenty-seven people arrested for shoplifting more than six thousand times. Oh, is that yeah, true? New York. So well, these same people are just going in, and you're not really you're getting like a misdemeanor. It sounded like they actually pulled a real stat on it. Yeah, they just like let them go. They give them a misdemeanor. It says it's 900 bucks. They they charge you $900 and they can't arrest you. Oh, no, no, no. The right? $900 is how much they can now steal. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So okay. if it's like over that, then they will arrest you and they can charge you with something. Then I think it becomes like maybe a felony. I don't know. Um, but yeah, anything under that. And it's just like put the clothes back. Maybe they take your name, but you're back on the street. Okay, so 300 people arrested 6,000 times. That's, what is that? 10, 20 times each. Mm-hmm. They've been arrested 20 times each. Like, what? And now, is that's state by state, though. So just in New York, they're super lenient. I'm sure every state LA has is like a different... That. LA is ridiculous for that, too. They're just letting people off left and right. My buddy is a cop that I asked him, and he was like, yeah, we just can't do a lot. Just because they, because so many people are doing it, so no, they, don't have they, the... I think that they like reduce the p- penalty for it during COVID mm. or like at, before. Strange. Yeah, it was like around that time they just made it like, oh yeah, not as big of a deal. We can't be filling up the prisons with, you know, shoplifters. Right. COVID, 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 blah blah, whatever. I don't know, dude. Nuts. They, you can't keep releasing people like that. I mean, look, you can't lock them up forever too, but that's a real problem. Someone's getting away with it 20 times. And what was that in a year or was that in a period of years? I just had, I just wrote, wrote down, yeah, 327 people arrested more than 6,000 times. Yeah. I mean, if that was a year, they're getting arrested every other week. Well, and it's saying that people are stealing cars and are getting out the next day as well. So you could steal a car and they're all putting them in the same spot and then, yeah, you know, doing it again. They just keep doing it. Shipping them off to Santa, uh, South America. And yeah, you would have thought, like, cars are worth thousands and thousands of dollars. You'd think that you get locked up for that. Maybe not. I, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know either. But are you scared of getting old? Because Joey, Joey is not scared of getting old. He's just scared of being the old guy at the comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Well, what did Rogan say? He's he like, said he was scared of getting old. It, well, but he was like, I want to get to 95. Maybe you just get better and better. Mm. Right? Get better and better. You learn more. You know more. You make less mistakes. And who knows? With like the way modern medicine is going, maybe you're like having a good old time in 95. I uh, guess if you're not, if you're able to get out of bed without being in pain all the time. Right. Maybe. Pooping your pants. I mean, I'm going to try to ski for as long as I can. Cool. But how how long can you go? You think you can go to seventy? Oh yeah. Really? Absolutely. That's impressive. Absolutely. That's impressive. I mean, if you're doing it every day. Yeah. Stay strong, wouldn't you? For sure, you would. I mean, if you're doing a just in the gym, right? If you're doing a hundred push-ups a day, 
I don't think that would stop if you keep doing it. It's not going to, I don't, it doesn't seem like it would get any harder. Yeah. It's only going to get easier if you're doing it every day. Mm hmm. Yeah. They kind of finish up with, with, um, talking about just respect for Joe that even though he had that TV show, he would still show up to the store every night. They just pay you 15 bucks, mm -hmm. which I'm sure Rogan has never cashed because he didn't need 15 bucks. Mm. But he was just there all the time grinding. Now, what did Rogan say? He couldn't go on the road because of his TV show because he was doing Fear Factor, so he was kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. you know. But he was still putting the work in. He was still up there. He would take his spots whenever. He didn't bump anyone. He didn't think he was better than anyone else. You know, that's always been a problem. But traditionally, back in the day at the comedy store, you know, the big names would come in and bump everyone and kind of, you know, it pisses off like the low-level comedians, but it happens. And, yeah, just came in and, you know, did the grind. And D Joey Diaz has a lot of respect for Joe for that. It's like things like, you know, I, I feel like Joey Diaz is a, a nice guy. You know, people love hanging out with him. But I bet it takes, like, a unique character to really win him over. Mm. I mean, he's not out there looking for asshole friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You got you to gotta kind of love that about how those two are, for sure. Well, you got to love that about James Brown, too. That interview at the end. Dude the, dude, the interview of James Brown at the end is a must-watch. Yeah. I wish he, we'd had a clip for that. But he we is didn't. so... He's so high, and he's just... It was like right after he got arrested, um, you know, with some sort of domestic physicality that happened between him and his wife. She said she wanted a divorce, and then he's on the air the next day, and this reporter's just grilling him, and he is answering every question like a comedian and just smiling, and it's a man's world, baby. I mean, he's just going off the rails, and everything he answers is hilarious. Dude. What a imagine the life that guy lived, like unreal. I mean, especially because you can't understand most of the shit that he says in his songs, and they're still absolute bangers. Well, he's such a good dancer too. That helps. I he's mean, doing the splits out of nowhere. He's all over the fucking yeah, all over the place. Barely warms up, just drops. And especially back then too, it's like nobody had ever seen anything like that. Yeah, I mean, they talk about that with Cornell as well. They talked about that right at the end as well. About Chris Cornell, how mm -hmm. Soundgarden, it was such a new sound at that time. I mean, right. no other band was really crushing it like Chris Cornell at that time. Yeah. I mean, other than Nirvana, but it's a different sound. Nirvana right. is completely different from Soundgarden. Mm -hmm. um, did, he, did he kill himself, right? He did. Now, was that, like, was Soundgarden not big then? I mean, he killed himself, like, several years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Right. So... I don't know when their last album was, but it wasn't it wasn't recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. That's fame, dude. That is fame. I think that's the pressures of fame are something that so few people can ever understand. And I'm sure if you become a famous person, there's really not any coaching that goes with that either. You know, it's probably why so many celebrities just hang out with each other. So they can be like, How fucking weird is this? Like, does this feel normal to you? They probably have those kind of talks. I feel like you wanted to get to know Matthew McConaughey 
if you get famous. <laughs> I feel like he's just the one guy that's like, hey, man, come on. It, just, was, it was that one character he had in Daisy Confused. It's never gone away. Yeah. He he just was that guy. That's why. He'd invite you into his like Malibu mansion. He'd uh, probably make you some margaritas and just ease you into, don't worry about it, we got this type of thing. So it says right here that in more than a decade, so they hadn't they hadn't done an album since 2002. Okay. And they, they came back together in 2012 and put out an album. Right. King Animal. I never, never even heard it. Yeah. Um, and then what? It was like six years later? And he went... I want to say, I want to say he committed suicide. Yeah. Like three or four years ago now. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't seem that long. I remember Joe bringing it up on the pod and yeah, what a shame. What a shame. What a legend. And they're out of Seattle too, right? Just like Nirvana. Um, were they? I mean, our, it was Soundgarden and Audio Slave, right? That was his other band. Mm -hmm. That was his solo career for a while. Right. Um, yeah, because Homeboy that was just on was the bass player, right? And he yeah, was from Seattle. Yeah, in both Seattle. of them. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he was in both. Yeah, maybe it's something about Seattle and being in a band. That's a bad combination for your mental health. It's hard to tell. But anyway, let's call it for this week. Joey Diaz, you're a legend. We love you. Go buy his book, everybody. It looks awesome. I can't wait to read it. And we will talk to you next week. Later.